This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. All right, let me introduce to you. Every Friday we do something here where we reassemble a group. We call it the brightest panel in Hamilton Radio because they are the brightest. We bring in people who have insights and opinions and personality. And I, well, first of all, a veteran. First of all, tonight, a veteran, a guy who we love having him here because he's always great at this, Mike Fortune from Cable 14. Mike, thanks for coming in. Thank you very much for having me, my friend. Great show tonight. going to be fun. And next to him, and you know, I thought about the fact that tomorrow, now he's, he's far from a fool, but tomorrow is April <laughs> Fool's Day. And I thought, who is one of the cleverest, funniest guys in this city who also has opinions, but it's, you know, it's a fun day. And I thought, there is nobody in this city who I find funnier watching his stuff then Cadillac Bill from Cable 14 has his own show. The real name is right William, right? William Bill. Boyd Bill. Bill. Well, Bill. Bill. Boyd Wilson. But yes, Cadillac Bill is here. Thanks, Thanks for coming Scott. in. That was very nice of you. Well, we're thrilled Ooh. to have you here. Very, very kind, and I, it's a thrill to be here. Well, I, that suggests that you need more thrill in your yes, life, quite yes, honestly. I, but, uh, <laughs> I have a very sheltered life. It's a thrill to be anywhere, for that matter, actually. <laughs> but no, this is uh, great. Um, the first time I've ever been on a big radio station like this one. I've been on many uh, uh, college stations, and they're uh, terrific. But, heck, this is CHML. This is big time. Well, now you it? have been on big here. Time. You have been on here before because we talked to you several months ago when you did the thing that I thought was maybe the most creatively insane thing I'd ever heard of, which was to Now Mike, did you know about this? I, I'm waiting to hear. I don't know if I've Bill, heard this. Bill recreated the first Wait few seasons this, of Downton Abbey using taxidermied rats in period costume and filmed. I have not heard that. <laughs> no. That is creative. You can find it all on YouTube. It is the, it is one of the most unbelievably hilarious things. Um, very droll. Very uh, very funny. Very droll. But, yes, yeah. but anyway, very funny. And we are uh, we are thrilled that uh, the Bill is here. Well, thank you. Thank now, you. But this is going to be a challenge for you because at the beginning of your show, Right across the screen, it says no sports, no weather, and yep, no news yep. at all. That's right, yes, yeah. So yeah. we are now going to have to so, break so. that. Break the mold. Break that and force you into, we're oh, going to drag you. I love you. sports. I love the news. I love the weather. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm excited. Well, hey. let's, let's, start hey. with, um, let's start with some news because the sunshine Great. list came out today. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone knows what the sunshine list is. It is the government list. And we get numbers of sunshine lists because there's the federal one, there's the municipal one, there's the provincial one. We got the provincial sunshine list today, which tells us how many public servants, and I'm going to use the word servants in quotes because it seems rather ironic to be calling anybody who's making $100,000 a servant. But anyway, yeah. 100, one, no 123,410 Ontarians yeah. on the public dime just as provincial employees mm-hmm. are now making $100,000, Mike. What, what is going on? This, I, I'm sorry. I look at this number, and I'm not, I'm not being jealous. I'm not being petty. This seems insane to me. I know that there have to be some people in management and leadership positions sure. to be paid well. But there cannot be 123,410 provincial employees who all are worthy of $100,000 salaries. Uh, apparently there are, and apparently they are worth that. And, you know, kudos to them. Why not? You get yourself... Because, in, I tell you why not. Because you're I'm not making them. over 100000 I don't I'm know. Because I'm paying them. Yeah, but I'm paying them. Cadillac Bill's paying them. You know what? If they're doing their job and we don't know to what extent, hey... You work hard in your life to get where you are. You want to always get as much money in your bank account as you can legally. Make sure that's that's out there. And if you get into the public sector and if you're doing your job and if you work up that ladder and you continue to do a good job, I think you deserve to get paid six figures and higher. Perfect. Okay, so let me say this. I agree with you that if you are, again, if you're an executive, if you're a manager, Bill, then that's fine. Here are some of the people who are on the sunshine list them. this year. Okay. A lunchroom, by the way, Will, Will on the board, can we get Bill's microphone up Hello. here? We seem to be losing, uh, Hello, losing. there Hello. we go. Thank you very much. Okay. No, uh, I was just fading out there. My <laughs> brain was doing that. A Toronto District School Board lunchroom supervisor made $110,199 this year. A janitor with the Ontario Power Generation earned 105000 The Caribou Conservation Manager with the Ministry of Natural Resources made 103000 That's and, a good one. And my personal favorite, Utility Person A with the City of Kitchener made $117,000 this year. Am, am I nuts, or is this seeming like... Well, sp- what did the utility person B make? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. I have no idea what these people do. 
you were very gracious to them, so that was nice. You were, I, I don't know. I think, uh, do we really need a caribou specialist? Apparently, we got to pay them very, very well. Wow. That's... I, how about a taxidermist, <laughs> the, the federal taxidermist uh, investigator? I think you should be looking into that. I will honestly. look into that. We we don't know what their tenure is. We don't know if that was a starting salary or if they've been there for 20 years and they've worked their way up the ladder, and that's if that's all salary or, or if that's part of their overall package. Mike, Somehow I don't think they started off with minimum wage. No, probably I not. I, I, I'm looking at this, Mike, as a... Let's be realistic. The world is changing, and mm-hmm. private sector people, who are the ones who pay the taxes of these public sector employees, are all mm-hmm. l- people are losing jobs. They're scraping by. Salaries are going down, and the public sector jobs have become the protected, exclusive class of employment. And I, again, I'm not saying none of them should be in that class. They absolutely should. Some of them. But there sh- I, I cannot wrap my head around the fact that there's 125,000 people in this province almost worthy of $100,000 as a public employee. That is exceedingly high and exceedingly too much. They're professionals. They have an expertise. And I know what you're going to say. You're trying to tell me a lunchroom person has an expertise. Again, we don't know the situation they're in. They've worked hard to get to where they are. And you have to pay for good talent. You have to keep good talent in, in Hamilton in Ontario and beyond, you have to you have to pay well. But we're not know, even talking about Hamilton. I don't, the municipal I know, one comes later. I know, I know, I'm, I'm, but I'm just saying, I'm breaking it down. You have to pay well to keep people in Hamilton. You have to keep pay well to keep people in Ontario. And from there, it's a beautiful thing. Not one of us would not want to be in the in the public sector right now if they said, you know what, we're going to pay 100000 a year for whatever your expertise is. I would like to is. suckle from the teat of the government. <laughs> uh, give me one of those jobs any day. There you go. See? That's, Absolutely. But, is that, but, but that's not what's important. Just because I want one of these jobs isn't what's important here. What's important is, do I deserve the job? And do should taxpayers be paying for me to have the job? In that's the, the question. In the private sector, if you can work and make your living and do very, very well, where basically you have created what you're doing, you can make a lot of money. I don't yeah. believe that people who are working in the public sector, as a rule should be wildly overpaid because they are being paid by the people they are working for. And now the people that are that are working for the people are making more than the people who they're working for. Right. And while you are in the public sector, you are also held at a much higher standard. Oh, come on. No, I think you are. No. Yes, you are. If you are in a public sector union, you are essentially almost unfireable. You are essentially almost un. You can't even be knocked down a few pegs. You are protected like nowhere else if you are a public sector employee. Teachers unions, hydro unions, sure. all these things. You are protected, and that's fine. But still, you don't want to be going out being that one person uh, putting stuff on Facebook or Twitter because in the private sector, you're packaged off. Off you go, and knows about no one. No one knows anything else. In the public sector, you do something like that. You're shamed. I wouldn't want to be in the public sector making over $100,000 and then have my name disgraced all over the newspapers because I've done something stupid. Boy, you're very generous. You're very generous. Just saying. Good for you. Shame Thank you. Good for you. Thank you. Here's I the don't thing, agree Mike. with you, but good for you. <laughs> Here's the thing, Mike. Again. Oh, I, okay. No, I want to know why he doesn't agree okay, with go me. Go ahead. Yeah, jump in. No, I was barely listening to what <laughs> you said, so uh, I, I'm pretty sure I don't agree with you. I, I kind of faded out for a Halfway through. I agree with the idea that if you do something colossally stupid. Remember the guy at the Toronto soccer game of there a you year go. ago who got on the publicly shamed on TV. <laughs> yeah. But he did something he he did something at the extreme end of being stupid. And yes, right. he was shamed. But his as I recall, he got his job back. If that was a private sector employee, that company says, I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. A you're gone. You may not have received the same shame, but your job is done. And short of embarrassing yourself to that level. There are lots of people in the private sector whose jobs are faded out, they are let go, they are laid off. We don't see that. We're seeing the number of people reaching the sunshine list in the public sector. I think it was 7%. It's up this year. It's just going up and up and up. Everyone else in the private sector is struggling, and the public sector is still fat, still fat, and I don't get it.
I, just, I, I honestly, I don't get, I don't, I don't understand, Bill, how we as the people who are paying these salaries have not risen up. And I'm not talking pitchforks and torches at the city hall gates, but how we haven't said, this is ridiculous. This is enough. Stop. I don't know how you do that, to be honest with you. That's a tough one. That's a, I thought this was going to be a panel about the Hamilton history of beekeeping. <laughs> That's coming later. I have no idea we're going to talk about politics. That's coming later. <sighs> the beekeeping is up later. But yeah. no, I, I, I find this to be every year I get, honestly, I get a little angrier about this. Are you I, angry or are you jealous? I'm not, I'm not Good jealous. Good question, yeah. Hey, come I'm on. jealous. I look at the list, I'm like, man, I'd love to be on that. Oh, I'm well, you know what? The, if you're going to use the word, I guess the word jealous, it depends how you want to um, how you want to parse it. Do I sit at home and I go, oh, I hate that person because they make a lot of money? No. Uh, do I look at this and I say, wait a second, why am I doing what I'm doing and they're... What, it, it, because uh, you love what you do. Yes. They love what they do. Do they? We don't know. And do, we don't do, do, do you truly do you truly we love what you do, do as well? I'm assuming you love what I you do. do. Okay, I do. I, I'm just saying you're right. I'm not. I'm Great. not jumping to that conclusion Great. that they're doing this out of necessarily out of passion. If I was making 150 thousand bucks a year to be a beekeeper, I would say, I may not love this, but Look, I'm not I, leaving. I would love caribou if I was uh, <laughs> making 120 thousand dollars. I would love them. You'd be sitting out. I in would the woods be reading every book about caribou. I'd be find them. I'd find it find them fascinating. I'd be sitting in the woods sprinkling myself with caribou yeah. urine to attract them if yeah. that's what it took yeah, to try. Thanks for that visual. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Spritzing yourself. Well, you like do that anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. Just, and you don't get paid for it. <laughs> that's what I do every day before I come in here. It's a special <laughs> perfume that I, or cologne that I wear. I, you know what? I, I, I have no problem with any sunshine list whatsoever. Um, should we continue to call, uh, honestly, should we continue to call them public servants though? Should they, are they servants to anybody at this point? They serve your community. They serve your serve your. They serve constituents. But that's everybody. Sure. Anyone who works serves something or somebody. But we give them the honorary title of being a servant to the public. It's very erudite and lofty. I I am a servant to you, Michael. I shall serve you. Yeah, well, that's hey, right. Hey, you didn't that's get me a glass of water, so but you got Bill one. <laughs> so. I, I know. I'm still. Dwelling on the thought, this is my second time I've been on CHML. <laughs> you forgot the first yeah, one. But yeah, so it was a this memorable is interview, obviously. A monumental event for me. So I, I have I have no problem with them being called public servants because they are they are serving the public. They're doing good for their community wherever that may be, at whatever political uh, or hierarchy government uh, portion that is. You should go into politics. No. You I see, I think run. you, I, I was thinking you are warming up for a career. We got a municipal yeah. election coming up. Yeah, you are yeah. you are a man who could run. You got the hair, you've got the tan. And now that you're on CHML, this is your big opportunity to what? make your announcement. To, to announce the candidacy? To yeah. the millions. I think it's far too early for that. You're not allowed to at this point. Which right? ward do you live in? It doesn't matter. As you can run anywhere, don't, can't don't you? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know which counselor is... Uh, no, no, no. Going, Next oh. topic. Come well, on, let's keep moving I on here. i dig up the dirt on Mike Fortune <laughs> while I have the chance. What did he do in his life? Is he a public servant? Is he a servant of yeah. the people? Hey, you know what? I, I, I served through Cable 14 by trying to bring good television. And, you know, both yeah. of you guys are on Cable 14. We, we, we both do the same thing. And this is the first time we've oh. actually met. We've never yeah. crossed paths before. This is it. I, I know. We, we are on the same network, big network, and we never meet. That's right. We're it, getting a selfie done after this, by the way. Excellent. This All is right. like a meeting of the, the Cable 14 universe here. Well, the Brent Rickard right now is just beside himself. I'm He's sure. Thrilled. The guy running the Cable 14. <laughs> Did you go to the barbecue last year? Of course I was there. I went to the one year before. No, I wasn't I at that one. Last one. So okay. we missed. That's why we missed. We missed. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Mike Fortune and Cadillac Bill. Yes. who is a first-timer. Mike is a multiple-timer, and Bill is a first-timer, and we're thrilled you're here. And uh, Yes, and uh, this is great to be a great honor to be on a panel for uh, uh, macrame plant-holding <laughs> and looming. <laughs> I can't wait till we... Uh, <laughs> Uh, to get to the looming, yes. Yeah, so we get into I haven't, the I haven't actually heard anyone use the phrase, the, the word looming. loom as a verb. Well, I, I mean, I, 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 lo someone's looming over something. I have but. never, ever in my life used the word looming until <laughs> till right, just now. Uh, right here. I feel honored. So, yeah. uh, let's. I want to be just uh, for a moment, <laughs> serious for a moment here, because okay. there was a story that um, 
very devastating. I mean, honestly, it's a really tragic story, and it's out of Vancouver. And I heard this this morning. I was getting ready for work, and I was listening on the radio, and those, the story was about a drunk driver who killed three people in a family. And it's, I mean, it's tragic in every conceivable way, and these stories always are. I still, I don't understand how people still get behind the, after all this time, get behind the wheel of their car when they're drunk. I don't know how the message hasn't got through. Regardless, the point of the story, the reason I want to ask you this is this. He got in front of the court today, and he was... The drunk driver took absolute responsibility for what he did. He made no excuse. He said, I did it. It was wrong. It was me. I was drunk. We don't have to go through all the stuff. I did exactly what was described, and I killed these people, and I am terribly sorry, and I have to live with it, and on and on and on. Here's the question. Should people, because they do, but should people who come in front of a judge and admit their guilt and acknowledge the wrongness of what they did and show remorse... Should they get a lighter sentence or should we say, that's good, that's what you should be doing anyway, but we are sentencing you on your actions rather than on your response to the actions? What should it be? Uh, I, I think anybody know, would know that they're going to get a lighter sentence by admitting and feeling all sorry for it, so they'll just put on a great act. So you just ignore what they say. You do it based on you, what they did before. What they did, yeah. What yeah. about it, Mike? Because, I mean, this guy, apparently, according to the reporters who were in the courtroom, and I wasn't there, obviously it was in BC, appeared legitimately, genuinely sorrowful for what he did, which, again, we you know, we don't know. We don't know. No. Um, you know, again, I don't know the rules in uh, British Columbia, but I think the judge takes everything into consideration, and... You look at the person's past history, speeding tickets, whatever the case might be, and maybe there is a little bit of leniency given from time to time depending on who the person is and depending on what it is. Uh, In regards to killing and wiping out a family, I don't think that deserves any leniency whatsoever. You also have to remember uh, these people that are up for trial, they also have very, very smart lawyers, and they pay them very well, and these lawyers also Mm. coach uh, their clients on how to act, how to dress. Um, so I think you should stick to the law. But again, we don't know what goes through the mind of a judge, what he so is why thinking. Then, why then? And I tend to lean towards what you're both saying. I tend to believe that it shouldn't be on your response. It should be on your behavior that mm-hmm. got you to that point. Why then do we ask or allow That's the accused during yeah. sentencing yeah. to say something? Why not good, just good because it's that, their right. I think plain and simple, it's the right. But should we then, as part of the law, should the judges be advised to say, ignore, ignore everything it. they're saying? I think the judge also has has that in their back pocket too, where, you know, strike that from the record, disregard what he or she just said. They, 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 there's so many little idiosyncrasies and laws and, and things that happen in a courtroom, but sometimes you say something just to plant that seed in the jury's mind or, or in the judge's mind. Because you can't strike it, you can't forget it once it's been said. Mike, Bill, do you have no, kids? You Mike, Mike no. has kids. Do you have kids? No, no, I don't. Okay, so when Mike, Mike's a dad, I'm a dad. When you have kids and they say sorry for something, I mean, you were a kid. Your parents mm-hmm. probably oh, didn't yeah. say. Yep. You generally know that you'll probably get out of a little bit yes. of the trouble oh, if yes. you oh, yeah. show how sorry That's you the are. The first thing kids learn is to be is to manipulate with your apologies. Be contrite. Yep. Appeal to the emotion. Show that you've learned mm-hmm. your lesson. I'll never do this again. Yeah. Generally, though, the difference is that what you're in trouble for may have been breaking a window or doing something wow. stupid, not killing three people no, because yeah. of your yeah, idiotic behavior. Not. Yeah, I don't. I honestly, yeah. I don't think that's a fair comparison. I'm going to be honest uh, well, with you. But the idea is, the idea is, it's not supposed to be a fair comparison. The idea is, it goes back right to the beginning of your life, as Bill yeah. says, that you've learned. If I apologize, I will get a lighter sentence. That's yeah, always been the way it seems. But by the time you're a full-grown adult, you sh- regardless of what your apology is, you have to you have to be accountable for your actions. And a sorry is great, but guess what? The older you are, the bigger the penalty is going to be. But Mike, in our society right now, are we ever really? Are people really? responsible for their actions. We don't hold people responsible for their actions. But they don't wipe out the penalty no. because they uh, do a great apology. But they it might just diminish bring it, it down a little bit. A little or more than a little. 
A little more than a lot. I mean, how I many times do we have people who will say, I, I did something, sure, I did something, but I'm really sorry, but I'm an alcoholic. Or I really, I didn't mean to do this, but I was abused as a child, and so I, this is how I lashed out. Or some, some other thing. And there's always some reason, whether it's an apology or an excuse, that would make us not responsible or less responsible for our behavior. I doubt in court it's any significant amount they would bring the sentence down based on your apology. I, I, it's probably down by a couple of days or a couple of weeks out of a few years in jail. I'm, yeah, because I, would I, hope. I doubt it's anything much. Because I think by, at the end of the day, the judge still has to follow the letter of the law. That's what it comes down to. And going back to the other question, I would like to think majority of us are responsible for our actions. There are a large majority, though, that aren't. And those are the ones or that would try not to be. Or that would try not to be, yes. See, I understand completely in court if, and this is this is tricky too, to be very honest. If I, if this person, I, I, I got to read through because I can't remember here if he, I'm assuming, just reading this really quickly, pleaded guilty last month. See, here's part of the other thing. If you plead guilty, you almost always in court get credit for that, as opposed to making someone go through a trial where they have to get up and testify. So they say, because you have saved the court time, because you've saved the emotions and the stress on the victim who might have to testify against you, because you have admitted it and, and we will give you benefit for that. And that some people would even have an yeah. issue with that by yeah. saying, yeah. again, why should you get credit just for admitting you did what you did? But they still internally between their be, that six inches between the ears, they still have to live with themselves. How is this? How is this guy going to live with himself in a in a ten by ten cell, knowing what he did? Like you have to have no conscience to get over something like that. So is, it, is it, that is that part of the sentence? I don't think that's necessarily. I don't think that's going to assuage the families of the victims of oh, this I thing. Oh, I think by so saying, because you look at some of the death penalties that happen in the states. They'll plead guilty because they want the death penalty. And now they're saying, no, you know what? We're not going to give you the death penalty because that's the easy way out for you. No, we're going to put you multiple life terms in jail, and you're going to have to live with yourself now and think about it every single day of your life. Well, I think they should add not just guilty, but very guilty. How about that? How would that work? Honestly, you how would say, that work? Your Honor, I'm not just guilty. But I'm very guilty. Oh, so, so you, and then you get even a little bit less of a... You get <laughs> just, a it shows even more remorse. <laughs> yeah, it shows yeah, more remorse and empathy. Uh, see, I, again, I'm, I'm with you both in the side of I, I really have a hard time cutting slack for people just because they show remorse. After, I hope you would... To me, as a member of society, that should be the bare, the bare amount that you would do. If you were to kill somebody or three people, it should be the expected response that no matter what happened, you would say you were sorry and you would feel terrible. I don't think that should Hopefully. be something that you would get credit for. That should be the expectation. But Scott, the reason you get, if you say you're guilty, you get a bit of a lighter sentence is because you're actually taking time out of the court. You're not you're not burdening the court because you don't because they don't have to now do a big trial because you've already admitted. That and because... That's why you get... Treated a little and better. because, the, as I say, the victims may not have to testify and have yeah. the stress and the, the torment of being cross-examined and everything. So you're saying you've you've That's given right. them a break. So that part, or that you can plead no contest. I don't think you can in Canada now. That's an oh, American really? thing, but it's it's a it, it's I, it's go ahead, Mike. I just I, I don't really know how honestly how much that plays a role in the final decision a judge makes. I truly don't. You know, oh, I, the pleading guilty makes a big decision a lot of the time. Because you you end up with a deal with the crown attorney and the defense, and you go to the judge and you say he's willing to plead guilty. Here's what we recommend. But it, it brings also, it down a lot. But I think it also depends on the case. Killing someone and and um, um, extorting someone are two completely different things to be going to court for. So yes, if you're extorting money from someone and you're you're sympathetic and you're sore and, and you you cop a deal, of course you're going to get a lighter sentence. Carla Hamolka got 11 years Smart. by copping a deal. Smart. Smart lawyers. Terrible, terrible. Smart lawyers. No, but that's the point. You can, you, by pleading right. guilty and by helping, so you're saying essentially what she said for all intents, there was a couple things she said. One is I will help you, but two is I'm really sorry and I'm going to show you how mm -hmm. sorry I am, whether you believe it or not, and I quite frankly don't. I'm so sorry that I will help put away the person who really caused this all to happen. It's, there's a lot of give and take in this thing. There's but a she got a lighter sentence not because she pled guilty, but because she, she made a deal. She made a deal, and she gave all the information right. needed 
against um, Paul Bernardo. Paul, Paul Bernardo. Bernardo. Yeah, it's 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 a very complicated one. Honestly, it really is. It to me, it's a. I go back. I would expect that this would be the minimum you would do. You kill someone, you rob someone, you assault someone. You should be sorry. Between the time that that offense happened and the time that you finally get in front of a judge, oh. it's not. They're not rushing you from the scene of the crime no, yeah. to the court where you're still heated in passion and, and angry. You've had time to think about this now. I don't care what the crime is. You should have had time to think this through and go. You know what? That was a poor bit of judgment on my part, mm-hmm. and I'm really sorry. And it won't happen again. Uh, to me, it's yeah. the opposite of what Bill just said. Although I, I kind of, I mean, sort of, I sense. If you don't apologize, if the judge looks at you and goes, I don't think you're sorry, I think he should go mm, way yeah. up. We're yeah, going to go sure. way and higher And I believe now. that happens as well. I'm sure it oh, does yeah, at times. Yeah, if you're in the court and you're giggling the whole time. Well, they go nuts at you. Double right. the sentence just because the person's giggling the whole, the whole time. As, as it should. As, yeah, as they absolutely. should. Agreed. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. All right. You know who's not here for you Uh-oh. or for anyone? Who? This this may be one of my all-time favorite stories because it is so goofy, it's so insane, it's so outrageous, and yet I can't stop reading it and following this. There was a reality show that was being held in Britain, and a series of people, 23 men and women, were dispatched to a remote corner of the Scottish Highlands where they were to live for a year on their own, mm-hmm. creating this Lord of the Flies-like society. It was going to be a year-long yep. reality show. But just a couple weeks into the showing of this reality show, the program was canceled. I think it was four episodes done. But, but nobody bothered to tell the contestants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they remained just wandering about in the Highlands, on the moors. <laughs> yeah. Just as they're throwing the intellectual off the cliff and his <laughs> head was dashed against the rocks, they said, oh, by the way, we're not on television anymore. <laughs> you, 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 wouldn't, wouldn't you wonder at some point once you realize that the camera crew and the cameras aren't they, there anymore? No, they, they were. <laughs> they didn't even tell they them? They didn't tell the crew. Oh, the crew was out there too. Wow. Who, who thinks, who puts together a show, produces a show, gathers it all together, gets told by the BBC or whoever it is that you're cancelled and goes, oh gee, it slipped my mind to tell all the people who are involved in this. Well, I guess the, it'll end up on YouTube, so yeah. that's nice. It, it'll be the greatest reality show ever because all that, all that footage that they took will probably, yeah, be on YouTube I, right I'm, after the Cadillac Bill show. I'm smelling yeah. lots of lawsuits here. Like, why wouldn't <laughs> these contestants just be getting lawyers lined up and saying, hey, we've, a year of our time was gone. Now, did I also not read somewhere where they started to, because uh, you said mentioned the Lord of the Flies, then they start to kind of wander a little bit, and didn't they get into actually some civilization and get to the liquor well, stores or something well, like that, I thought here's, I read? Here's a line from, this is from the version of the story from Variety magazine. Yeah. Uh, no one bothered to tell the remaining contestants who reportedly endured boredom and infighting were reduced at one point to eating chicken feed and only emerged last week from their less-than-splendid isolation yeah. to discover that fe- their fellow Brits voted to leave the European Union and Donald Trump was elected president. <laughs> it is, it is truly and one they of... they were just told that they've just won the war against the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Japanese have, do, have surrendered. Uh, 13 of the 23 contestants quit the show during the year. Um, it, now, it doesn't say on here whether they were able to leave or if they were just sort of sent off to their own little corner of the Highlands to live as the evacuated guests. But Well, we'll never know. We never will now, yeah. Talk about poor communication, though. Jeez. So I was thinking about this, though, honestly. This is, this is the worst. Well, it's not the worst, actually. It's one of the worst reality show I would say screw ups. It's, it's up there. I, I, I well, can't imagine anything worse. I'll tell you the one that's worse. We talked about this on the show the other week. My favorite all-time television reality show moment was Superstar USA, which was the meanest. I'm sorry to say, I laughed at it. <laughs> it was like American Idol, except they were trying to find the worst singers. So the judges, if you could sing, <laughs> yeah. they would tell you how horrible you were and basically berate you. And if you couldn't, they built you up and told you how great you were <laughs> to build your confidence. So you would sing louder with I more would enthusiasm. Watch that. I would love that. The, fun, the finale. And then the, the horrible part about that was that so you figure, okay, when they go in front of a live audience, how do you get the audience to buy in mm-hmm. and to cheer mm-hmm. these horrible singers on? Mm-hmm. 
Well, they told the audience beforehand that these were terminally ill, terminally ill people oh, having no. their make a wish moment. Come so on. please that's cheer for horrible. them. That's horrible. That's was, this is for real. That's a that PR was for nightmare. Real. That, that was that's for real. not right. Do you not get the feeling in the sense though that these reality shows are kind of coming to their end because they're really starting to pull out all the different little tweaks and turns because it's not oh, what there it are used some to bad be. ones there, there are, are some, some really bad ones. bad ones but that's what I wanted to ask you honestly because there are so many reality shows we've all I'm sure given what one time or another given some thought to it what reality show would you like to have done Big brother hands mm. down yeah yes why? Because I I, I think it would, my wife says I don't get along with people and I'd be out in the first week. (laughs) I disagree with her because I think I got a pretty good social game, you know, and I can be a little manipulative if I want to be. And I can wink and smile at the ladies and hang out with the bros. You know, I think I can do a little bit of everything. You could last for a while. I think I could last for a while. Yeah, I think I'd be all right. I would be absolutely hopeless on that show. I think I would like to be on the Kardashians <laughs> as one of the guys who dates Kim you know, Chloe or Kim or yeah. something. I, I think that would be a pretty. You'd be good all over thing. Snapchat and Twitter yeah, then. Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what Snapchat is, Bill? No, no. Uh, okay. no. I, I've I've heard of it. <laughs> okay. I've definitely heard That's of it. Has to do with the phone. <laughs> oh, is that? What about no? you, Scott? The Cadillac Bill Show was not that? on Snapchat. No, we're on Twitter. Okay. Um, we're on Facebook. I I love Facebook. I actually. But I don't get Twitter. I just don't get. I'll put out you a don't tweet. Understand it. Oh, t- <laughs> no, I'll, I'll put out a tweet, a tweet, a tweet, <laughs> and I get no response. And then it's just like, what's the point of this? It just vanished into the yeah. ether. But someone yeah. saw it. Facebook is great, but I don't. Uh, no, I'm forget it. I'm just what, Twitter. What no. What's the show you would want to be on, Scott? No, yeah. I, a Survivor. No question about oh, it. I would it? love, I would love I to would be on Survivor. I would be completely useless on that one, too. I might be useless, but I would love to be on And someone said to me one time, back in the day, bef- way before, it seems to have cleaned up a little bit, because I haven't seen in the last few years, and we're big Survivor fans in our family. I, I, it's not a moment of great pride so watching, to say that. You're watching Game Changers right now. Yes. Aren't you? Okay. And they they seem to have gotten away from a lot of the eating gross stuff things in the last few seasons, but someone said, you you know, would you be able, and yeah, I, you're playing for a million bucks. How bad could it be to eat a bit of an intestine or something? Like it's, uh, I, I spent a summer in the jungle in Papua New Guinea doing volunteer work, and I ate grub worms. Someone fed them to us, and I bit into one. And it was oh, well, not, you'd be dynamite on that. You'd be good. And I, you know, better, than, better than fear factor. They're not going to give you anything that's going to hurt or harm you, and they have their medics around. And you have to also remember, these reality shows, let's face it, they are scripted, and they are edited as well. Not scripted, most of them. Edited, well, though, heavily edited. I'll give you that. They're heavily edited, and I'm sure there's camera people People and producers saying, hey, you know what, why don't, why don't you go over that way? And I think there might be an immunity. Uh, I know what reality show there. I want to be on. Cops. <laughs> That's the my my biggest dream. My my goal in life is to end up on Cops. I, I bet you there are some people Run, who in some Running po- through like <laughs> a ravine, being dragged out by a dog and Cops and dragged out by my ankles. <laughs> All in your silver yeah, gold jacket. Yeah, yeah that is, my, I think, my dream. <laughs> While your wife is standing there cheering you <laughs> covered in blood and mud. And <laughs> I, I, I would love to know the people who actually did end up on Cops, if they would, like, tell their friends, hey, by the way, tune in I next week to ne- Cops. I'm on. I don't know how they actually film that because they have a huge camera. They've also got a sound guy with a big boom mic, (laughs) and they are pulling over people, and here is a camera crew standing right behind the police officer who's basically – I mean – if I ever got pulled over as a big guy with a big boom microphone, and <laughs> I'd be, be looking at the camera, and be like, "What's with these guys?" <laughs> it, hey? it would be, it would throw you off a little yeah. bit. You wouldn't be paying attention to the cop no, anymore. I'd be like, hey, hey, I'm on TV. Hey there, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> the the one that I would not want to be on, and I mentioned it a moment ago, was Fear Factor. Do you ever watch Fear Factor? Yeah, I used to when it was. It's not on as much. It's anymore, not on. Well, it's right? not on at all. And and Fear Factor was the one. If they if you they started to do some stuff on Fear Factor that this is why they're not on anymore because some of the eating things especially were yeah, so yeah. horrendous. Oh, yeah. 
And you know what? People love that. Book. I would be yeah. I would be vomiting all over the place on that. Absolutely. But what about still, some of those athletic ones? There's American Ninja Warriors, which is pretty. Oh good. yeah, look and, at me. You think I oh. do well on that? Well, one? What about what about pros versus Joes? You that remember was that one, one I back in the day, going yes. up against Bo Jackson and all that. Yeah, you know what? Look look at Bill and I, and imagine yeah. us on American <laughs> yeah. Ninja yeah. Warriors. How far <laughs> we would get on the yeah. on the obstacle course? I would be completely useless <laughs> on that. I, I would I would actually be the guy who at the very beginning who when they're when you're standing on the platform waving with no shirt on I'd be the guy who slips and falls and twists an ankle and never gets to start. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show weeknights from seven to nine on AM nine hundred CHML. We talked about this on the show this week. The report came out about First Ontario Centre about whether we should spend either sixty eight million or two hundred and fifty two million dollars to do something with our arena. Mike, I'll go for I'll go to you first on yep. this one. Should we be doing anything? I mean, I know we don't have the money to do anything, but uh, uh, Mayor Fred Eisenberger today or yesterday said, look, we don't have the money, but maybe we can come up with some private-public partnership. We can find some federal money or get some private people. Should we be putting time into searching for an answer to this, or should we follow the Sam Marula path and say, forget about it. Let's just be done with this and forget about it so we don't have to be tied up working on this stuff. Um, I'm in the Sam Marula camp in regards to that arena has seen, has had its day, many, many, many great memories there, but it's getting to a point now where we're not even getting a Memorial Cup. We're not getting NHL exhibition games. It's at that point where we should shut things down because it's just going to continue to be more and more of a bigger eyesore not to mention and, and bring up the whole LRT thing because I don't you have council saying they don't want to have a stop at that major intersection right by First Ontario which makes no sense I think it's just going to continue to dilapidate and move on and I truly do believe at some point that the owner of the OHL's Hamilton Bulldogs is going to say enough is enough and they will be moving on as well. But what you're proposing is what the mayor described as demolition by neglect. Just let it run down until the point where it no longer is feasible anymore. I mean, you're, you're, I don't know, Bill, how much of a hockey fan or a sports fan you are, but you're certainly in the arts community. You certainly can appreciate yep, the concerts yep. and things that have been there. What do you think I, about um, this? Scott, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> What's an arena? <laughs> um, I have no idea. Are we talking about a big thing where they play hockey? Something like that, and they can yeah. show concerts and things like that, yeah. Yeah, sure, pay $150 million. Why not? Why not? It's just money. Make it a yeah, damn good uh, arena. Look, you know, I don't know. You, you, I don't know. I, I, you look at everything that's going on in this city right now. Uh, 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 First Ontario Centre is so low on the podium right now it shouldn't even be on a podium you can't you you have to focus on what really matters and look what the constituents are talking about poverty living wage taxes of course lrt there are so many other things to worry about right now as opposed to an entertainment complex so let me throw this at you we've i think this came up on the show once before this guy sure knows his arena he he knows a lot about arena on the radio if, you, if you're the city of Hamilton and you are not going to put, and you don't think you have money and you can't prioritize to put money into a new arena or to renovating an arena, would you be willing, because you own First Ontario Centre, would you be willing to give First Ontario Centre to a private sector investor on the condition that they would renovate it and keep it as an arena in town? So... Bill That's comes forward question. and says, Bill's got $50 That's, million dollars that he is I, willing yes, to put into this yes, ring. Yes, I think I've got the answer. Okay, yeah. let us have it. Would you give hmm, it to them? I would say, I would give it to them, yes. I would say only if we do gladiator <laughs> events here, actual fighting to the death. Not just to injury. And we bring in exotic animals from North Africa and have them fight it out. <laughs> Ostriches and zebras not and llamas though. and capybaras. Maybe, why not? <laughs> and we execute criminals in these arenas. 
So there you go. go no. Sorry, go back to that last animal. A capybara? Capybaras from South America, those big giant uh, guinea pigs. No one on this this network, on this channel, I guarantee you, in the history, in the whatever it is, 100-year history of no CHML, no one has ever said capybara on here well, before. Well, I would like to say how uh, honored I am to be the very <laughs> first person Bill Original, right to there. mention capybaras. And by the way, I think capybaras should be mentioned on CHML more often. <laughs> I'm going to make a note of it. Every yes, week, yes. we are going to make a capybara reference and the come in with your capybara Capybara panel once a week. <laughs> Mike, Get, would you give an arena? Getting back to your question, no, because what what smart uh, uh, private businessman is going to get involved in, in this type of a situation because they're, they're giving it, but okay, you still have to deal with uh, the core group or global spectrum, whoever has to bring in the acts and all that. It's not a moneymaker down there well, right the now. Well, the Blue Jays figured it out. The Blue Jays, that happened with Sky Dome, now the Rogers Center. They basically got it for a but look who owns the them. Well, who, here, who here in Hamilton has that type of cake? What if it was first Ontario Center or Global Spectrum that said, pardon me, what if it was Global Spectrum that said, we'll take the arena and put some money into it? Why haven't they done it already? Because they don't own it. Well, because they don't own it. But I'm sure behind the scenes, they're probably looking at the business case and the business plan and looking at the stadium going, oh my God, we're not going to get involved with this at all. Let's manage it for now. Let's bring in some acts. I wouldn't be surprised if they get out in a few more years. Well, now that would be a tough thing if they did, because then the city, the city's saving money, mm. we hear, by having them. They've saved a lot of money by having a, a company do and, this. And we, again, we don't know what their term is, what their contract is, how long they'll all be together for. But at some point, even they're going to be able to say, look, we can't bring in the axe anymore because the axe don't want to come anymore. It is, uh, it, it is, it is a really tough one. I, I cannot fathom that. Under any circumstance, the city is going to pay two hundred and fifty million dollars to renovate the arena. I just you that, can't. You I can't. Well, there's no there's no Fiscally, money. Can I can't. just say one thing? Of course, that's why you're here. The Tim Hortons, our Tim Hortons arena field, yep, yep. field, it's a disappointment. I think it's rubbish. They spent all this money. They didn't even put a wall around it. <laughs> all it is is a big open field with bleachers. They built concrete to support the seats. They don't even have a wall around it. You can drive along Cannon and see the game from Cannon Street. It's cheaper than buying a ticket. Because there's a fence around it. There's not even a gate. There's not even a door on it. I, I kind of eh? like the new setup. I, I, I like the atmosphere and the environment there. But it isn't Austin, a arena. All it is, is, a, is an open field you ever been with to a, bleachers. Have you ever been to a Ticat game? It's freezing. It's have you ever freezing been? because have you been? there's no wall. Have you been? <laughs> yes. Yeah? Okay. Because no. I was going to say. No. no. I w- no, you, but I can imagine. No, it's you and I should go cold. to a game together. And I've got. We we will do that. Okay. I know people who've gone to games, and they say it's bloody freezing because Especially there's no wall around it. And, Why? And, the, and the shocking thing, Mike, is on a July <laughs> evening, it yeah. gets so it's, cold down there. No, I'm just kidding. Cold. <laughs> they turn the air conditioning on full blast, <laughs> and it's freezing <laughs> in the summer. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show weeknights from seven to nine on AM nine hundred CHML. There was a boy, he's an 18-year-old, he's a young man in Alabama who discovered the other day that his grandmother, many, many, many years ago, she's a grandmother, many years ago, for whatever reason, was unable to attend her prom in high school. And so being a lovely 18-year-old grandson, he said, Grandma, will you be my date for my prom so you can have the prom experience? I mean, can't think of a lovelier gesture. Honestly, can't think of a lovelier gesture for a grandson to give his grandmother. And she was so excited. They even have a picture online, many pictures. She went out and bought a prom dress. You would love it. It's a gold, shiny gold, like your jacket that you wear on your show. And she looks like the happiest grandma of all time. And the school... She probably looks hot. Absolutely. I'll, okay. I'll take it. Uh, I'll take it to prom. The school has come out and said you can't bring her. We have a policy because over the years a lot of people have tried to bring older dates, and so we've always had to say no. Well, the reason that they've said no is because the older dates they're talking about are a 17 year old girl bringing her 25 year old drug dealing boyfriend to the prom, <laughs> who's going to spike the punch with LSD, not people bringing their grandmothers, and so now. Uh, it's it's gone so it's not. gone completely uh, it's gone completely viral. Here's the picture of her, by the way, Bill. You can see she she's pretty good. She's doing yeah, okay. She looks okay. She's doing okay. And they, there is now a hashtag. She looks actually about uh, twenty five. <laughs> it looks is a, good. 
It's uh, there's a hashtag now. Let nanny go to prom. <laughs> that's taking over Twitter. But here's the question I have about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. We live in an age when you would think with social media, with TV, with radio, with the internet, with everything else, you would think that people would be aware of public relations. How does somebody from some school not look at this story and say, you know what, if we say no to granny, this is going to look so bad on us for so long. How do they not get this? Anybody? I just don't understand how in the modern world you could possibly be the principal and go, this is a great idea. Let's ban granny. I know. I I think it's silly. It's silly rules. I mean, I can, maybe they should have you can't be older than like twenty, but you you can be older than eighty. So <laughs> from right. twenty to eighty, you're not allowed no to prom. But over eighty, sure. You know this this is a this could have been a public relations coup for this school here. They, yes, they could have mm. went in so many amazing, fantastic directions to bring a community together, to bring a school community together, to bring families together. And instead, whoever their communications or PR person is, they uh, they really missed the ball on this one, no pun intended with it being a prom or a ball. Well, whatever. especially when here's the quote that the principal offered for why Granny was not allowed to come. All right. Remember, okay. this is a grandmother who, by the picture, looks just a delightful, sweet grandmother. Yep. yep. Principal says, we do not chance leaving any stone unturned when it comes to student safety. What exactly is Granny going to do <laughs> with this? Spike the punch. Start a, start a mosh pit where she's covered in <laughs> knives or something? Talk about all of those crazy days of the 1920s <laughs> where, they, uh, where they had the uh, laced punch. <laughs> I just, I'm looking at this going, how Dancing does anybody... Dancing Scott Joplin and getting all, <laughs> all crazy. How does anybody make such bad public relations? And But this oh. is the funny thing. We see this regularly. We see people, not with this exact case, but we see people who just don't get that you've got something that could help you and you want to turn it into something negative. And then you dig your heels in and dig your heels in and I'm sure that they are going to not let it. They may, may relent somehow with some ridiculous thing, but... Mike, yeah, this but they've already dropped the ball, though, at this point. By saying no right now, anything they do will just be because of, uh, of social course. media backlash and, okay, well, we made a mistake. So, um, you know, you're right. We see this far too often where these situations arise, and it's unfortunate. And I also understand, I guess the school does have policies and procedures that they do have to follow. But also in this day and age, everything is always just a little flexible. You know, bend the rule here, bend the rule there. I See, I understand the rule that says we don't allow older people to come to prom because, again, you don't want some 28-year-old yeah. pedophile yeah, showing yeah. up as a date with someone. I get, Lester the molester. Exactly. <laughs> but Granny seems like, it, you've, you've touched on it, Bill, that it's we've now gone beyond the point yeah. of being older to the yeah. point of being safely old enough. Yeah, yeah, you can be, uh, yeah. You, why, why can we not make decisions anymore. Oh, yeah. It would be great to see, you know, maybe this is a rallying cry by by the students. Wouldn't it be great if the students all got together and said, you know what? We're all bringing our grannies. We're, yeah. we're all bringing our grannies or, you know what? You're not going to let her go. We're not going to come. And and the, you, you do your you do your prom, some, you do it off-site somewhere and everyone has a good time that way because it's also not fair to this young man who spent, you know, his four or five years at high school and, and with his friends and family. You know what I think is so sad is that this young man couldn't find a real day. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's this is a real sad thing about the story. You know, it's um, it could be he could look back on this one and say, "Geez, you know, I missed my chance." Boy, well, oh, you or know what? No, nah, he's not. This he's gonna, this, this could be a real thing choice. for the ladies down there. Oh. This, you know, you're, this, you're no, this. You know what? This young man, I'm telling you, by asking Granny to come to the prom, oh. he is, looks like the nicest guy on the planet. He will be able to get a date with anybody he wants he after this. No, wrong. all those girls who turned him down are better kicking themselves now for that. Boy, he's invited his grandmother. I should have gone with him. He sounds like a real catch. <laughs> let, me g- <laughs> let me give you the quiz question one more time. This is your last chance to get in on the quiz question tonight. Uh, when we This would be uh, call in after this and get your name on the ballot for the Don Henley ticket draw. If you don't get in now, well, you're out of luck because we're doing the draw in a few minutes. Here it is. Which sports legend is known as the Golden Bear? 905-645-3221, star 9900. Who is the golden That's bear? That's a tough one. Will is waiting for your one. call. Yeah. Give him a shout. Who's the golden bear? We're going to come back and about... 
10 minutes from now, well, 15, we are going to draw for those tickets. Great. Give them a shout. Back after this. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Radley Show, 900 CHML, in studio with Cadillac Bill and Mike Fortune, brightest panel in Hamilton Radio, which, um, you know... The, it, the brightest it, minds. Well, you know, I want to ask you about this, because we were talking about it during the break, and it's just hysterical. You were saying you're going to start a, a GoFundMe campaign. Yes. I want to hear about this. This is a um, this is a brilliant thing that you're going to be doing, well, speaking folks, of the brightest panel in Hamilton Radio. Well, folks, uh, I've already thought about this, and uh, this is, I think, a really worthwhile cause and uh, I want to be titled. I really feel I deserve to be a sir. And you can buy titles. So uh, You don't have to have the queen do it? No. Well, the, these aren't legally, officially, <laughs> but you can... The queen does not... Uh, Give her she stamp. She doesn't st uh, support this kind of thing. But you can... There's organizations that you can literally... If you raise enough money, a few thousand dollars, they send you a... A crest, nicely monogrammed piece of paper saying, you are now sir. All and why stop at sir? Could you could you go higher? Could I'll you be his be holiness, a, a, Cadillac Bill? The Pope. Uh, <laughs> Comes yeah, with a nice yeah, hat. Th that would cost an extra couple of hundred dollars, I think, to be actually, <laughs> to be, uh, be canonized. Yeah. But no, I, I'm thinking of a GoFundMe to be titled. What yeah. do you think? I think it's outstanding. Really? I think, and I, but I, again, I think you should look beyond just simply sir. Well, I don't want to be greedy. I, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm being ostentatious. So. Duke, wow. Duke Bill of Barton. Want, it's too pretentious. Duke. Too pretentious. <laughs> so I'm just going to be sir. Prince? Sir or Lord. The Lord, Lord would be Lord. Lord. I like Lord. Yeah. Yes. That's okay. where you got it. I like Lord. I wonder yes. how much it would cost yeah. to be a, to, to get a Lord. Yeah, well, Lord, of my Lord, Lord Cadillac Bill. Lord Cadillac Bill. Uh, so, yes. Corktown. Cork so all of you people who are, uh, you know, spending your pennies because some friend has just had a house burned down or <laughs> they've lost their dog, think twice because you could make me a Lord instead. <laughs> right. Oh, Instead of funding that, you know, that terrible disaster that's happened, <laughs> make me a lord and it'll be so much more worth That's right. Life. Red Cross, Cadillac Bill's yeah. naming privilege. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, um, I, I think it's a worthy investment, quite honestly. Yeah. I'm, uh, or you can just send me money so just... that I can have my foyer uh, done up in marble. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a foyer? I've got a little foyer. It's about four feet and I think it would look terrific marble. And I got some old homemade curtains that I really think would look good in gold piping. <laughs> so I might do a GoFundMe so that all my curtains can have gold piping around them. I just think and you should start a series of GoFundMe. Just yeah. put about 40 of them on there and see which yeah. ones actually come Marble, up with Marble, gold piping, and a title, a, a peerage. They, they call them peerages. They do call them peerages. Yeah. Yes, they now, do. Would you wear a Would you wear a crown oh, and, yeah, yeah. and have a have a what, what like a the cane or the no? Cane? He would mount and the crown onto the hood of his Cadillac. I would there have you know. an ermine robe, and I would have a big uh, chain, a gold chain that says Lord, Lord Cadillac Bill on it. Did you ever own a Cadillac? Uh, I've owned sixteen Cadillacs. Okay. I've I've owned an ambulance. I've owned a hearse. <laughs> I've owned two sixty four Cadillacs. <laughs> Right now, I've got a, a, an 89 Broom D'Elegance. Not just a Broom, but a D'Elegance. The French version. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah, they, you know it's a good car when it's got a French word in yeah, it. Yes, well, the apostrophe, the G apostrophe. Uh, D'Elegance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even better than the Coupe de Ville. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's well, it's way better than just the elegance. Yeah, because yeah. it was French. <laughs> That's right. It's not just elegance, but it's de elegance. I, I, I must ask uh, the hearse. Why the hearse? Why a hearse? I bought the hearse. I'm it was a '69 but... hearse. I bought it for like about four hundred dollars, and I never got the thing on the road. Um, I, Probably I, for the best. There was a actually. This is a little story, but uh, I used to literally collect Cadillacs and one time in Toronto I had three at the same time and um, the garage that I would take all my cars to every time I would walk in that garage he would always yell hey Cadillac Bill and I wasn't Cadillac Bill then I had a band by a different name it, it was the Edna Mona Housewife Death Band was the <laughs> of name course of it was <laughs> and I would go in there. Sorry, which of the Edna Mona house, whatever bands? Because there were two of them, weren't there? Edna and Mona Housewife (laughs) Death Band. It's it's a long story why I named the band that. But anyway, my mechanic kept yelling Cadillac Bill, uh, and it was embarrassing because he'd yell it in front of all his customers. But then after a few years, I realized, okay, the Edna Mona Housewife Death Band is just too much of a name to be called... It's just no one it's took it seriously. So I figured, okay, I'll be Cadillac Bill. My mechanic named me, Joe the Mechanic, named me Cadillac Bill. But so, uh, yeah, I would think that a hearse would be a really tough car, though, to show up at someone's door for a date or whatever and, you know, pick up your date in a hearse. Not not as w- worse as the h- ambulance. <laughs> I had a 74 <laughs> ambulance that was actually made for the best bandmobile. We had a... Uh, um, 110 volt plugs in the back so I could actually plug my bubble machines into its own power and have the bubbles going out the windows <laughs> as it, you were it, driving around yeah, town it was absolutely <laughs> the most amazing band because I had all the cupboards and curtains and everything uh, uh, Amadeo writes in by the way that you should uh, you should consider Baron oh, Cadillac Baron. Bill oh, that's German wow. oh, Von Von Baron Von, 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 Von Baron <laughs> Lord Cadillac Bill. There you go. You you know, with enough money, you could probably buy them all. (laughs) Eventually, you could get to king. Yeah, people, (laughs) help me out so I have enough money to buy all the the titles. I want every one. I want to collect titles. You know, there was a true story. There's a guy who, um, uh, Shane, Shane, I can't think of his last name. And he works with uh, jousting. He's a real-life jouster. Not, Mm. Not the medieval... Times ones where they do the fake jousting, like he does real, where they blast each other off the horse with real things. Anyway, uh, his passport, actually his occupation is listed as knight. Really? And I'm like, how many times have you tried to go through the airport and some guy who's not asleep at the counter looks at that and goes, sorry, what? What what do you do for a living? (laughs) I'm a knight. No, he's he's legitimately a knight. You could be a king then. Walk through on your passport. What's What's your occupation? King. I still don't know if that's a real... Profession, king, Jousting? no, no, knight, knight, knighting. I don't think even in the Shane knight Adams. days you were officially a knight. That was your profession. Well, that was your that was a title, wasn't it? That was your day job. Uh, boom, boom, well boom. Done. Yeah, there you go. Well done. Uh, but you know what? This would be even more impressive, though, to be king. Cadillac yes, Bill, I, I because you drive a bookmobile during the day as well. So to to, to have the king driving the bookmobile. Um, the library probably won't be too thrilled uh, to hear that I'm uh, going around trying to be a king. <laughs> um, but yes, folks, I do indeed work for the Hamilton Library. I drive the bookmobile. I'm. Sh- I, Which, um, is there? Do people show up for the bookmobile? I'm not being silly because oh, yeah. we have so many people now that want to get their books on Kobo or on whatever else. Do yeah. people still show up for the bookmobile? People still read books, Scott. They do, and <laughs> you don't just get books from the library anymore. We got DVDs, we got music, we got eBooks and uh, audio books. So uh, the library is uh, – and books. People actually do sign out books. How does it work now? Like when you go to a library, you got your reader and you got to put your card and all that. Do they just show you the card and you stamp it or something? How does it work in the bookmobile? It's all – it's computerized. All computerized. Digitally. Digitally computerized. No, the bookmobiles are basically just the same as any library branch. So they've upgraded. We're online. We're all hooked into the, 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 the HPL system. And we scan the cards, uh, so it's just like basically being a, right. in, in a library. So and you, is the bookmobile a Cadillac? No, <laughs> no. Well, that's disappointing. Uh, no, are, are there not. are there any interesting or funny stories you could tell us of <clears throat> clients? Book, bookmobile hijinks? Book, <laughs> <laughs> 
Like there has to be, there has um, to be something. Actually, uh, if you watch my show, um, Janet, the Hamilton tidbits, uh, we've got a character on who, who who talks about interesting stuff about Hamilton, and it's Janet. She was actually a, a customer on the bookmobile. That's where you met her. Yeah, and she'd come on the bus, and she'd just. She'd tell these long stories. She'd just, she'd just be on there talking. And I, I thought she was such a terrific talker. She absolutely, she fascinated me every time she would go on with her stories. And I, I'd, I'd, I'd make notes. I'd write down all the things she knows about. And I asked her, would you like to be on my show? And she she knows my show. She loves it. So she's really happy to be on it. So then I filmed all of her segments, about 10 of them, in one hour, and I had the list, and I'd say, okay, here we go. One or two minutes, talk about the Lincoln Alexander. Okay, go, let's talk about bed bugs. Okay, it's let's a natural segue. Yeah. Sure, why not? I, I, well, I don't know how you get from Lincoln so, Alexander to bed bugs, well, but okay. <laughs> they'd be separate. Uh, we'd, oh, okay. We'd finish off with the Lincoln Alexander, and I'd say, okay, now let's do the bed bug bit. Okay. And she went through all 10 of them perfectly. So, so if you see my show, that's Janet. She was a customer on the bookmobile, and uh, I think she's dynamite on. Do you ever use the library, Mike? I, I use the library. I haven't used a bookmobile in years. I think the library is one of the greatest resources out there for families, for young kids, because it's not just about books anymore, as Bill mentioned. You can even go. They ha- they have movie days and Lego days and and PS4 days and and uh, you you go to any one of them. I th- I think they even have yeah. like little reading groups. And I yeah. think it's great yeah. going to a library during the day, and you see a lot of young kids and minds. They're nice and quiet. They're hooked up to their devices. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's nice it, to it, it see is that cool that is place. still it's, happening. It's, it's, it's cool. It's it's a cool it's a whole thing. Other world. The whole library, it is a good thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's a good thing. It is certainly you certainly draw the cross section of the city. Yeah, there you see everything, and I, I'm yeah. guessing on the bookmobile you see everything. Yeah, yeah. We stop at neighborhood stops. Uh, we stop at senior stops, uh, schools. So yeah, and and by the way, the bookmobile actually services areas that are. That the library is nowhere near, mm-hmm. so we kind of set set our stops to be in an area that the people don't have walking distance to the library. I didn't. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even realize until we started talking about it that, and I hate to say this, that the bookmobile was still going. And you yeah. said there's actually two of them. Two though. of them. We've got, we got two of them. Which one is the better one? Which one has the better the supply? B- <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one has the better stuff well, on it? No, they're both actually almost. They're both totally identical, and but uh, they both have a little bit of everything. We've got large print, kids stuff, CDs, DVDs. Fiction, non-fiction. This is so boring. What time of day are you running the bookmobile? Because on, well, I've never seen a bookmobile from, driving around. Well, you'll see it. If now you, I will probably. If you uh, open your eyes, you may right. see it. <laughs> oh, by the way, the Santa Claus Parade every year, you can see the bookmobile. Santa's riding it. No, the bookmobiles every year were in the Santa Claus Parade. Rudolph's leading it. The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900. AM 900 CHML.